Welcome. You've tuned into Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You were meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and best of all, fulfill purpose. We've got a fun show for you today. It's a topic Michael and I live with every day and have for decades. I feel old. (laughs) People often wonder about this when they meet us. A few of them will come right out and ask one of us, but most of them keep wondering and never get around to asking us. What many people wonder about us is what a day in the life of a clairvoyant might look like. So that's the name of this show, A Day in the Life of a Clairvoyant. So I thought it would be good if I defined and talked a little bit about clairvoyance and then answer that question, what people wonder about, what it's like in the day of a life of a clairvoyant. Well, clairvoyance is one of the many psychic abilities that we're all born with. It's an innate ability, in particular this one, clairvoyance. Clairvoyance is a French word that means clear seeing. So the day in the life of clairvoyance like us will include clairvoyance, but it will also include other abilities. But we're going to focus on this one this time. Think about clairvoyance like you would think about someone who was born with very keen ears. You know, they can hear very well, and they hear so well that when they go to, say, a concert, they can hear every single instrument. That's one of the things I noticed developed as I developed as a as a psychic overall, is when I go to a concert, it, and it did help that I worked for bands for a long time, but I listened to a, what was that, about a 20-piece band the other night, a jazz band. And I was so surprised I could hear every single instrument clear as a bell. So someone who develops that kind of hearing, for instance, can often, if they take their hearing ability even to a higher vibration, they can start to hear spirit. So that's a different ability than clairvoyance, but it's real similar to how clairvoyance can develop. Not necessarily that you have keen physical sight, because personally I've never had great physical sight, but to be able to be aware and observant with your physical sight to the point of being able to see the upper vibrations that don't appear in the physical world as clearly. So that thing about what many people wonder about us, about a day in the life of a clairvoyant, what does it look like? Now, this should be a real easy one for us to answer, but because we've been living the life as we live as clairvoyants every day for so long, we have to look at how we live our lives from the perspective of those of you who might not live the way we do. Maybe it's a bit like a fish asking you, what's it like to breathe air? We all have that difficulty being asked what it's like to be the way we are. Well, first of all, It's just the way we are. It's normal. It's a normal everyday experience. In some ways, we don't know any differently. 
Michael has talked about the difficulties he's had as a child growing up as a clairvoyant. When he thought everyone saw the same way and the same things he saw clairvoyantly. It took him a long time to come to realize that not everyone saw the things the way he did. In fact, most people didn't see things the way he did. How old were you when you finally realized that most other people didn't see the things, didn't see things the way you do? Da da ga ga Well, I think I actually start suspecting on a conscious, aware level, suspecting something in middle grade, school age. But in some ways, I had trouble with that all my life into my early adulthood even. And even after I knew that most people didn't see clairvoyantly the way I did, I still had difficulties understanding that a lot of people weren't like me in the way they were. For quite a while, I really got tired of hearing people say to me, oh, Michael, it's just, it's easy for you to say. You're different. You're different. At the time, it sounded like they were using how I was as an excuse for not seeing the truth for themselves. Of course, as I gained more years of life experience and understanding and got to know different kinds of people more. I realized there was a whole lot more involved in people feeling that way in relationship to how I was. After a long time, I discovered that I so wanted to communicate that I was frustrated at what seemed to be a major stumbling block to having that communication with others. When I became a lot more aware and mature and realized that it wasn't all about me. Then I start to see where everyone else was much more clearly and that I had to learn to communicate with people where they were first before they could begin to see where I was. Once I start to get the hang of that, things started to improve rapidly. We're talking about our experiences today of what it's like living as a clairvoyant day to day. Well, with Raphael, one of the things I've observed about you, Raphael, in relationship to those who are not living clairvoyantly, ever since I first met you, is that you naturally respond to what people are feeling and thinking underneath what they're aware of, consciously aware of themselves. So rather than responding to the actual words someone says to you, you tend to immediately respond to the energy behind those words or what that person is really saying behind those words. For example, when a person is needing reassurance, but it's, say, too proud or afraid to ask for it, you immediately start giving that person reassurance. But at times, since that person isn't ready to receive it openly, he or she might get upset at you. Or someone might be saying all the right, nice, politically correct (laughs) things, but you're seeing and feeling, say, their covert hostility 
and might end up addressing that directly, much to the consternation and even denial of that person. Over the years, however, I've seen you, you've become aware of that, that situation, that response. So you look before you answer most of the times to see whether that person is willing to receive the real answer or guidance you have to offer or that he or she is just plain not ready or willing to receive it. And it's best to let things be. Of course, part of being clairvoyant means that you're always seeking the deeper truth in people, things, situations, and conditions in your life. If you're interested in that, then that's what you'll receive in life. And that's what you'll have to share with others. What has been your experience, Raphael, of living clairvoyantly all of the time? And when things like that happen, where people get upset because of what you're giving to them, or because they misinterpret where you're coming from. What's what's been what's that been like for you? Well, normally I don't speak as openly about this aspect of my childhood as Michael does because as a little one, most of the time I felt pretty invalidated and even more so confused as to why people around me didn't like how I responded to them. So by the time I was 5 or 6 years old, I basically stopped being willing to talk to people uh, that much. And then when that happened, I was labeled either not so smart or stuck up, which was my favorite one because I wasn't stuck up at all. Um, Some people would also call me shy. But sometimes I just learned that when I opened my mouth, I just got into all kinds of trouble (laughs) because I, I would just say what I saw and I didn't know that other people didn't see what I was seeing and uh, consequently got into a lot of arguments and got into a lot of, uh, let's say, even physical matches uh, with my siblings. <laughs> it took me a long time to come out of that shell because I actually believed I wasn't so smart for a very long time. I received my spiritual training and starting at about the age of 30, fortunately, I started to, up to that point, I started to have dream teachers who taught me in my in my nighttime state. And I was able to fortunately remember what I dreamed and kept a lot of dream journals in those days. It was kind of popular back in the 70s and 80s to keep a dream journal, and I'm really glad I did. Unfortunately, I destroyed a lot of them before uh, I made it to the year 2000. But um, I was able to kind of get my footing in my certainty that I wasn't stupid. And when I learned to practice the tools that we've kind of briefly touched on off and on all through the year of this radio show, grounding, running energy, being in the center of your head and starting to to really work as a clairvoyant, learning how to read people as a clairvoyant instead of just kind of as you're walking around life and unconsciously reading them which many of you do all the time, I was able to get a better handle on that whole aspect that Michael talked about, which was um, being able to respond correctly to someone and not blurt things out. 
which is what clairvoyance will often do to you. You know, if somebody says something, a, a truth that kind of hurts or cuts deeply, those around you that are clairvoyance and say things like that to you don't mean to hurt you. They just assume you know what they're talking about and, and need that response. Um, well, I learned that wasn't true. <laughs> and I ended up losing friends. Uh, you know, what few friends I had, sometimes I lost them when I, when I called them on something that they were doing. It's like they wanted to rather be in denial and it w- wouldn't be till years later someone would contact me and say, yes, uh, you were right about that. I just wasn't ready to hear it. Yeah, I hear that all the time where, I mean, even months and years later after I say something to somebody and initially they might get upset, then go away and, you know, not even talk to me for a while. And then months or even in some situations, years later, that person shows up again and says, oh, yeah, you know, so many months or so many years ago, you told me such and such. And that was absolutely right on. Exactly. <laughs> but at that time, they weren't quite ready to hear it. It took them a while to go through some learning and change and reassessing things to go, oh, yeah. Really, that's what was going on. And that's, you'll find that with any kind of healing. Sometimes a person, I've given people healings. And at first they go, well, I, was, I wasn't feeling too bad until you gave me the healing. And afterwards, I had a headache. <laughs> <laughs> but then a lot of them would come around three days later and go, whoa, I haven't felt this good in years. And my life has changed. My life has completely changed since that healing or since that communication. So, Raphael, would you share with our listeners something you experienced on a typical day that has helped you to persist in developing your clairvoyant ability and keep on keeping on as since you mentioned the 70s, <laughs> Bob Dylan and all that, uh, keep on keeping on with life in spite of some of the challenges that you've had to work with being clairvoyant. What keeps you going on? Well, I might not be able to answer this question in the few minutes we have before the break, but I'll try. Um, well, first off, one of the things I, I didn't realize for a long time is I pretty much pick up on people's thoughts all the time. And if so if you're trying to hide something from me, you know, if, you, if you're if you in fear about it and, and think about, oh, no, I don't want her to see that, that's we're putting that right into my space. In your face. In my face. <laughs> and I know it. You know, I had one person tell me telepathically when I said something, they said, that's a lie. And they put it right into my sixth chakra. And it was so loud, it was like they spoke the words out loud. It was kind of amazing. So I have to be careful not to respond to that because I didn't want that person to know that I actually heard them call me a liar. So, you know, being able to pick up on people's thoughts, though at first it was knowing their feelings and not having the grace at first to know when to reveal what I knew about them or not. And then also having clear and extraordinary gut reactions about things and no one was listening, you know, when I thought there was a danger going on. Um, So those are a couple examples. We do have our break coming up. Let's see if I have a moment for another one. Um, As a clairvoyant teacher, later being able to uh, call my students on some of the things that they were working on 
and them being in denial about it until later, of course, as we talked about. So, yes, I'd like to go ahead and go into our break. Um, but before our break, I'd like to make an announcement. We'll be in Calabasas in the greater Los Angeles area Saturday, February 9th, and Sunday, February 10th at the Hilton Garden Inn. Michael will be teaching two life-changing all-day seminars, 10 to 5 p.m. each day, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on Saturday. Learn to realize your soul's worth, psychic tools for loving yourself. Then on Sunday, you'll explore if it's possible to have a love life for the awakening soul and find out how to be psychic and have a loving partnership. When we return in a couple of minutes, we'll continue with A Day in the Life of a Clairvoyant. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com If you've always wanted to take the lead in your life, but you don't believe you are a leader, then it's time to change that mindset. Leadership expert Linda Patton will help you discover the powerful leader that lives within and teach you the leadership skills that will transform your business and your life. Stepping into your leadership brings reality to your vision, and leadership can be learned. Find out more on Leadership Stars every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We hear just be you a lot these days, but who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. We're having a fun day today telling you about what it's like going through a day in the life of a clairvoyant. And I was talking, answering Michael's question, actually, about uh, some of the issues that I ran into as I was uh, developing my clairvoyant abilities. And I was talking about how sometimes I could hear what people were saying to me pretty loudly, not just clairvoyantly, but telepathically in other ways. Also, it was very easy for me to know when somebody was rather shady before everyone else did. And sometimes I would say, you know, you better not trust that person, blah, blah, blah. And everybody would be going, what? That person's fine. And so I'm like, okay. Um, and then watching women psychically going after 
who I was with at the time and have my partner be clueless about it and uh, until it came out into the open by by whatever unfolded later. So it was kind of funny. Us women, you know, they call that uh, a woman's intuition and that sort of thing. That's actually a psychic ability when you see that energy coming into your relationship. And it's not just on the woman's side. Sometimes that happens, uh, you know, when a man comes goes after a woman and the man is psychic. And then the other thing is, being a clairvoyant, sometimes I have to make unpopular decisions, uh, but for me, they're the correct ones because they're they're the ones that I know and can see are going to work things out. And I'm usually not wrong um, about that. <laughs> it's hard to be right all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's you know a lot of that's kind of a typical thing that they say about women that we're we're always trying to say we're right. Well, a lot of times that's because. And I'm not saying we're always right, but a lot of times we are right because we're looking at things a lot more intuitively, a lot more clairvoyantly because we're more naturally clairvoyant. And maybe that's something you could talk about, Michael. Well, there's, you know, no typical day in the life of a clairvoyant, at least not in ours. (laughs) Oh, it's sometimes bordering on the insane. Actually, it might be going beyond that border. (laughs) No wonder in times past, so many times if you were too clairvoyant, you know, sometimes you got locked away in a mental institution because nobody could figure out where you're coming from, what you're talking about, and things like that. But that's, that's before you learn how to manage. How do you, how do you live with being able to see so much more than the average person and not so much more in terms of, you know, what's going to happen in the future or anything like that, but just who someone is. You know, we try to have some routines that are needed to maintain the essentials of living here in this physical world, such as for me, healthy and regular eating daily exercise, like yoga, weights, and walking, and doing household chores and animal care, things like that. We got we to gotta be able to maintain, oh, having a body here. <laughs> That's the first thing every soul has to learn, or you don't make it here very long. Now, do I eat and exercise regularly because I love doing those things? No, (laughs) I do them because I need to maintain my body in good health so I can be here to to fulfill my purpose and commitments. And when I'm done, hey, guess what, folks? No eating, no exercise. I'm out of (laughs) here. And the, the only heavy lifting I do in spirit (laughs) is if I have too heavy of a thought, you know, that's heavy lifting. Anyway, (laughs) do I enjoy these routines? No. But not because I want to do them, but because I choose to enjoy doing them since I have to do them, right? So if I'm going to have to do something, I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, God, this is, woe is me. It's terrible. I got to do this horrible thing. No. 
I'm not going to make myself self-suffer. I get to enjoy doing what I do. If I have to do it, it's not something by choice I go, please, please, let me do this. Because I like doing it so much. No, it's tough in everyone's life. We've got to do things that we have to do. And so even if we don't like them, in those situations, I learn to enjoy not enjoying it. Then next thing I know, I'm enjoying doing it. I'm not going to ask for, do I get to do more of this? No, but as long as I have to do it, I'll enjoy it. And sometimes, because I'd rather be doing something else, I have to remind myself that they're all for a bigger cause. And I decide to enjoy it anyway. I've lived that way for a very long time, and it's amusing that so often I hear people saying things like, Michael really loves to exercise or make green drinks. I laugh to myself because I don't naturally enjoy doing them. But I choose to enjoy doing them, and I do enjoy them most of the time. The funny thing has been in work situations where people have often given me certain jobs to do because they see me enjoying doing them and decide, oh, he must really love doing those jobs. <laughs> Let's give him more of it. Some of those things I really do not like doing at all. But I enjoy doing them when I have to do them even if I'd much rather do something else, right? It's no sense in, you know, when you're clairvoyant, you're looking at the truth, and the truth is obvious. The writing's on the wall. There's no sense in, you know, making yourself not enjoy something, even if you have to do it, so you're divided against yourself. That's not being true to yourself. You have to be at one with yourself. So if you go, I have to do this, so I'm going to do this, but I hate doing this. You, you're killing yourself. You're chopping yourself up. But if you decide, yes, this is something I do have to do, or it's good for me to do this, even though I don't like it at first. Great. I'm committed to doing it. I'm going to enjoy doing it. And after a while, Guess what? You will be enjoying doing it. To the point where you may even look forward to, oh yeah, I get to do this again. You start to appreciate you get to do it. What's good for you? One of the most amazing part of living as a clairvoyant on a day-to-day -day basis is that everything is new. It's never just another day at the office or on the ranch, or at the factory, or even at home. Even when I'm at the office, or home, or some other usual place, it's never the same. It's always a new adventure. When I see a person I work with all of the time, or I've known for years, it's always a new person I'm seeing each time. Can I talk a little bit about that? Sure. Michael and I, for a number of years before we uh, got so busy, we had to split our work into two different rooms. We did readings together. 
And we did it for many years. And one of the things that always amazed me was we had certain people who <laughs> liked to get readings uh, once every few months. And, and so he read them, we read them several times a year. And while that was fine, especially for me with uh, working with anybody who is really working on progressing on their spiritual path, I love giving those progressed readings. Well, once in a while, we would have somebody come along who would sit down, lay out their pieces of paper all over the table. This is when we did them in person. And they would ask the exact same questions every single (laughs) reading. And after about two years of this, certain ones of Michael's clients, I would actually go, okay, I think I'll do the laundry now. You can do this one by yourself. (laughs) But it was really great to watch him. He was such a great example of being totally in present time and uh, being able to really give that person what they needed at that time. And eventually, over the years, one person comes into mind, uh, that person really started progressing quite well. And had they been my readie only, I might have had a little trouble with giving them three or four readings a year about the same thing over and over and over again, especially since it was recorded. But this person did study her readings and, and did her did her work eventually. So that's I just wanted to <laughs> mention one of the ways that worked as being a reader, because, you know, when you develop as a clairvoyant, eventually... Those of you that are interested, because, um, you know, you can be a clairvoyant and just use it in your day, day-to-day life without becoming a reader. But personally, uh, once I discovered my clairvoyant abilities were uh, more than what a lot of people had, I wanted to develop them just like a piano player or a musician who has an expertise or a real um, affinity with music wants to advance their musical abilities, so when you become a reader, you're refining this more and more, and I'm very grateful for the amazing tools that our teacher created for us to use while giving readings. So because we're sensitive and sitting across from or on the phone with a, a person sometimes whose energy is all over the place and hard to deal with. Yeah, and being clairvoyant to me means seeing clearly. So How I feel about that is I'm not seeing clearly if I start to just look in my own mind at a picture I have of the person and picture that I made up because I've known that person for so many years. So when Raphael was talking about, oh, I get into present time right here, right now, and sure, I recognize, you know, I have memory. I recognize the person who sat in front of me. I've given a reading to, over the years, umpteen times. And this person asked the exact same question every time. Okay? So that question, that person, boom, when I see that person, oh, that comes up. Oh, yeah, that person I know asked the same question every single time. But what I have to do is... Do I want to look at the image I have about this person asking the same question over the years, every single time, and any judgments that go with that? Or am I going to release that? Am I going to just go, nope, that's last time. This time is brand new. I'm a little bit like Charlie Brown and Lucy with the football. Every time she goes, 
I won't do it. I won't, you know, jerk the ball away before you kick it this time. And Charlie Brown is in present time. He says, okay. And he runs up full speed, and then she yanks it out at the last minute, and he falls. Well, if you're not scared of that, you're willing to go, forgive, let go of that image in your mind about the other person, and let's look at this person fresh, as if I've never met this person before. Then all of a sudden, the person may ask the same words, but it's not the same question anymore. Because everyone changes. Everyone grows. Even if they keep on, like a broken record, saying the same words, the person I'm seeing and where that person is right now is not the same place as when I looked at this person four months ago. Everyone changes. Okay, so then I look at, ah, this is a new question. I have to look at the new answer. And in doing so, I'm not only helping this person, I'm helping myself. I'm becoming more free from all these judgments, all these images, preconceived notions and images. So, that's one of the most important aspects of living as a clairvoyant for me every day. I'm looking at everyone. I'm looking at everything all the time. And I see a lot of the, quote, from the surface, it looks like the same stuff, same people, same question, but it's not. Now we've got our second break coming up, and I'd like to make a couple of announcements. I actually didn't finish my announcement from earlier uh, when I talked about our February February 9th and 10th Calabasas slash Greater Los Angeles area event. Um, I forgot to tell you how to reach us. You may sign up for this event on our website at michaeltamura.com, or you may call our office at 530-926-2650 during regular business hours, Pacific time, Monday to Friday. And that, that is to sign up for this wonderful weekend, and you can attend either or both days. And um, at the phone number, 530-926-2650, our assistant, Noelle, will take care of you. And if she doesn't pick up, leave her a message. Also, have you ever been lost or confused? Do you know that you are always guided and that all you have to do is just tune in and follow? Would you like to learn how to do that or gain more certainty in yourself so you can trust what your inner guidance tells you? Join us for Lost or Confused, You Are Always Guided, Just Tune In and Follow, our upcoming teleclass on Saturday, February 16th from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific Time to learn about your inner spiritual guidance and how to tune in and follow it with more certainty. This teleclass is part of our popular ongoing series, You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think. And again, you can register for this through our office, 530-926-2650, or sign up on our website. When we return, we'll continue our discussion, A Day in the Life of a Clairvoyant. See you in a couple minutes. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Get inspired, encouraged, and connected on our lively, award-winning Healthy Living Power Hour, Star Style. Be the star you are with host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune into the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Become a member of VoiceAmerica.com. It's easy and best of all, it's free. Start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top. Once you've created an account and signed in, you can create your own custom library, opt into our newsletter, search by show, host, guest, or topic of interest, or browse millions of hours of content across all of our Voice America radio channels. Membership gets you more. Visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Great to have you back. We're exploring what it's really like to live a day in the life of a clairvoyant. So, Michael, would you like to speak more about this yeah. since you were... Uh, I was uh, talking about, you know, being in the present, seeing clearly. So, you know, the experience I'm sure everybody has of, oh, that's just Joe the truck driver next door. Or that's just Sally the waitress at the diner. Because, yeah, I mean, even if you really like them, you know them, quote unquote. Oh, I know you already. You're not somebody new. You're my brother. You're my family or you're my best friend. Of course I know. I've known you for 30 years. Whatever. Or you're that person who stepped on my toes in the grocery store. Yeah. What's the difference? (laughs) Right? Well, one's a little bit more positive. Oh, you're my best friend for the last 30 years. And when you say that, you're looking at this picture of this person who's your best friend for 30 years. You're still looking at an image in your mind. You're not really looking at who this person, who you call your best friend, truly is. Just like what Raphael said, or you're the guy who stepped on my toe 14 years ago. (laughs) And you didn't say, excuse me. Yeah, and I still hold it against you, right? Well, that's more negative, but it's the same. You're looking at an image of this person Stepping on your toes, you getting angry about it, and this person, and holding this judgment that they're bad because they didn't say I'm sorry or excuse me or whatever. So 
as long as you're staring at these images in your mind about whoever you're with, you're not fully experiencing them. You're not seeing them for who they truly are. So every single person is a treasure trove of amazing, wonderful, and beautiful stories and life experiences. There's no end to them. When I see a person I've known for years, I see something new every single time. And if I don't, those times that I just assume, I, I gloss over that person because, oh yeah, that's just so-and-so. I catch myself as soon as I can and go, oh, wait a minute, I'm the one who's stuck. I'm not in present time with this person anymore. I'm running off of, I already know this person, and this is who this person is. I'm the one missing out. It's like missing out, you know, uh, an incredible new book comes out, a novel that everybody's talking about. They go, God, you can't put it down. It's the greatest story you've ever read. And then you missed out on it. Uh, the best movie just came out and everybody's talking about how incredible the movie was. And you missed out on it. It's more than that. Because this is a human being, not just a movie or a book. Huh. It's not some people's just creations to help how great it might be, but it's a full-on being. And when you live as a clairvoyant, at least this is how I like to live, is every person who comes up says, hello, I'm looking at that person and going, wow. And for me, the difficulty is more okay, I got to get myself out of here because I have other things I have to do. So I can't just enjoy. You know, it's like going to the Grand Canyon or something and you're sitting there in awe and you just want to stay there, you know, for a long, long time. But everybody else, you're with a group, everybody else is saying, okay, got to get back on the bus. We're going to the next place. And life goes on. So it's like that for me especially with people. I do love to go to new places, travel all over the place, and I love certain areas where I just go there and I just want to sit there all day long. Some places, we've been on a trip, and I go, hey, Raphael, leave me here. Go ahead, go back on the bus, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've had to drag him out of a few churches and meditation places. <laughs> <laughs> and But when it really comes down to it, other than those few times, it's the people, even when I travel, it's the people I'm interested in. And when I look at that person, it's so much more than looking at the Grand Canyon, Niagara Falls, or anything else that might be amazing. Because the person, the human being, the spirit in there, incarnated, the body is one thing, but it's what I'm interested in is the soul who this person really is over lifetimes. It's, it's an epic, epic, super blockbuster novel. <laughs> so, 
I get to experience people from all different cultures when I travel. And I love meeting people from different uh, places in the world because I get to experience a different culture from the world. I don't have to even travel there. I think that's one of the wonderful things um, that's being downplayed right now, but I think that's one of the most wonderful things about living in the U.S. is there's so many cultures of people here and who travel here and who you run into, and especially living in a place like Mount Shasta like we have for the past 15 years, where people come here in all kinds of wonderment and, and their spirits are on fire. So, you know, when either with, by traveling to other places and meeting people of different cultures or letting people from other cultures travel to where you are and you get to meet them. And that's why, you know, sometimes people get uh, uncomfortable when I ask them in an elevator, gee, where are you from? But I want to know because I'm looking at stuff and when they tell me, oh, I'm from Nigeria, or I'm from uh, the Yucatan, or I'm from Antarctica. <laughs> I haven't met somebody from Antarctica. I've met people who've been there. I, I'd sure love to go there. And it's so much richness. And from everybody, especially from someone who's been raised and lived, grew up in a different culture, you get to learn so much because they're so different, right? Yet the spirit you see, the light you see in them, this is the life of a clairvoyant. You're seeing the light, the same one light in everyone, no matter what the outside is doing or looks like or feels like or whether it's healthy or not, anything. You're seeing that bright light. But what is this bright light doing with their experience, their life, their learning, everything. That's fascinating, isn't it? And by looking at that, oh, what does it do for me? It takes me away from me, 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 me. It's not, life is not all about me. In fact, life isn't about me at all. <laughs> life is about life. It's entirety. If I get hung up on life being about me, I miss out on everything. I, I hold on to this little speck and miss out on everything. But the more I'm able to let go of life being about me, then I start looking at everyone else. I start looking at life through everyone else. This is the miracle of being clairvoyant is every day you get to learn. Every day you get to see more of what life really is. It's not just this dinky little thing. It's not fake news. It's not just the bad news on TV. It's all this that's underneath everything that sometimes Humanity tries to bury under catastrophes and disasters and horrible things happening. But no, nothing, no matter how great or how horrible in the world, can stop life from being what it is, spirit from being 
what it is. Each individual person from being who he or she is. So to me, this is the day in the life of a clairvoyant. Is how can anyone live a joyful life without seeing clearly or clairvoyantly and knowing how to relate to one another and life itself? It's our clairvoyant, innate, everyone has it, innate clairvoyant ability that offers us that freedom and understanding to learn what we need to learn to progress along our path. And the great news is everyone is clairvoyant already. And all they that's needed is the loving interest and commitment to develop it in a way that will help them become more awake and free. And so for those of us that um, wake up a little sooner, it's kind of our job to help others there as well. So one of the things I know as a clairvoyant teacher and a spiritual healer and everything is that when someone comes to me, I'm not looking down at them because they don't have... They don't see what I see. It's more if I see someone doesn't see what I see, it's part of my job to teach them how to see. And if they're not ready for something like clairvoyant training, which I was wanting from the time I was a teenager, then I have to find a different way, whether it's in how I communicate to that person or just teach them to uh tune in intuitively and trust their intuition, and then eventually it gets to clairvoyance, which is a very specific psychic ability. So, in my case, I wasn't searching for clairvoyance or clairvoyant development. I was just searching. And I didn't know what I was searching for until it kept on, okay, this... This word psychic comes up and and consciousness comes up and all very good. But it wasn't until I met my teacher and I realized, oh, look at how he's living. And I found out he was clairvoyant. Uh, not just a spiritual teacher, but clairvoyant. He saw right into people who they were. And the first conversation, meeting, conversation, interview I had with him, he's, we're in this little tiny cubby hole of a so-called office. <laughs> and he's laughing and he's looking out there and I'm kind of sitting little kitty corner from him. And the doors, he always had his office door open and the various students would walk by. And as he's talking to me about baseball scores and everyday kind of, you know, mundane stuff. And in the middle of it, he'll say, oh, yeah, see that woman and just walked by and gives me not only a summary of her life up to that point, but how come she's been living that kind of a life and what she's here to learn. And that was when it went Ding, this is what I've been looking for. I didn't know what it was called. And he said, after I started to study with him, oh, this is clairvoyance. 
This is to be able to see the truth from the lies, truth from illusions, huh. truth from what you just make up in your mind or what other people make up in their minds. So that's what got me going. And once I was on that track, I knew this was it. Doesn't matter what other things happen in the world, how my life went, what my conditions were, but that was going to be the single track. Oh, yeah, I'm here to be able to use my ability to see spirit, truth. And that's going to take me all the way. Yes. And it's going to help take many tens of thousands of people on their way as well. Michael is a marvelous, incredible, happy, wonderful teacher. And I'm not just his wife as a prejudiced, as a prejudiced <laughs> person saying that. He really, truly is. Well, it's that time again. We're at the end of our show. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've truly enjoyed it. Next Wednesday, we'll pose the question in our show is being psychic out of your comfort zone? That's a good question. We'll share stories about what others have told us about their experience of being psychic in this world, about what we've seen some psychically sensitive people go through in their lives, and about being psychic out there in the world every day. We think you'll find some inspiration, gain insights, and have a few tips on coming out as a soul that you are. Please keep spreading the word about our show and share it on social media. Remember to... We'll be in Calabasas, California, in the greater Los Angeles area on February 9th and 10th, and Michael will be teaching two powerful all-day seminars to help you along your path of awakening, developing your psychic abilities, and fulfilling your soul purpose. Make sure to check our website events listing for February for all the details and to sign up. You can also sign up by calling our office at 530-926-2650. Hope to see you there. Until then... Be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth. <laughs>